Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Simon Dudley, Chief Contrarian for Accession Events. To learn more and for information about the book and other resources, please go to accessionevents.com. As you may know, until now, the Accession Event podcast has been primarily a set of interviews with the good and the great from the UC and video conferencing industries. However, I do want the Accession Event podcast to be much more than that. So although an awful lot of my work today is built around the whole idea of reinventing and new ideas in in enterprise uh, communications and video conferencing specifically, there's also another aspect to the work that I do. One of the things that's happened over the last few years is that marketing has been really quite completely reinvented by the uh, adoption of lots of new technology. But sales has really stayed the same. And I think that there's two things that really matter. One, sales needs to change. And two, business models generally need to change to take into account the whole idea of moving from a boxes to a cloud-based business model. As a result, I gave a presentation at the exchange event in LA a few weeks ago talking about the reinvention of sales. And this is a two-part podcast where I record that presentation. I do hope you find it interesting. Certainly the audience was about 500 people in the room thought it was. And uh, I do apologize if the audio is not ideal. It was, of course, recorded in a very large meeting room. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the show and I look forward to your feedback. I'm introducing Simon Dudley, the CEO of Accession Events, uh, who's making his keynote debut on the big stage here at Exchange. Uh, Simon's going to be talking to you about the biggest disruption to the IT industry ever. So I've got two introductions for Simon. I got a short official one, Simon, and then I did a little digging. I think the crowd's going to enjoy the second part better. So uh, Simon's a leading authority on the power of technology to change what success in business looks like. He helps businesses understand, and business leaders understand these changes and the cons- what the consequences might be and how to take advantage of them. He's got over 25 years in the technology business, holds numerous patents, and has a background in fields as diverse as sales, engineering, product marketing, and design. Well, that was probably nice. You said, all right, Bob, that's an interesting intro. But let me really tell you about Simon. He's been in plane crashes. He's skydived. I don't know if those two are related, Simon. He's driven around 38 states of the U.S. in a tiny car for some reason. He's been a commercial fisherman. He's exceeded 200 miles per hour on a motorcycle. I've done about 100, so I can't even imagine what 200 on a bike looks like. He's decided to take a train across Russia and China for the heck of it or for the scenery and got marooned in a minefield in the Golan Heights. And if that wasn't enough, he decided to get married again just a few short months ago. So please welcome to the stage, Simon Dudley, who's going to tell you all about that and more. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, sir. Well, good afternoon. Uh, Thanks for staying after that introduction. That was uh, remarkable. Thanks, Bob. So I'm going to talk to you this afternoon not about technology, right? There's lots of folks from, from all sorts of places who are going to talk about technology. Probably half the work that I do is talking about technology. I'm a kind of analyst for UC strategies. I talk about uh, telecommunications, video conferencing. That's really my background. But one of the things that I noticed over the last 30 years is that I would get into an industry, whether it was selling WordPerfect on compact PCs, or selling laser printers that then became color printers, or any other number of things, that suddenly after a few years, the market went away. And 
It's one of those things that you don't necessarily need to be very bright. You just need to keep noticing these things happen. And I thought to myself, there's something to this. We need to change the way that we think. So I understand at this conference a few years ago, someone said, go and fire your sales department. Well, I've been in business nearly 30 years, and almost all of it was in sales. And actually, I do believe in the sales function. But the world of sales has not been rebuilt. Marketing has. Over the last 10 years, marketing has moved from the brochures and trade shows department to a fully integrated, closed-loop, super organization that can tell you to the nearest penny how much every lead going into the organization is. And then the sales department goes, I don't know, customer wasn't in. And sales has not been reinvented, and this talk is not only a call for sales to reinvent itself, but it's also a means in which to do so. I'm not just going to tell you, you should do this. I'm going to tell you the means in which to do it. Now, I have an admission to make. You may have guessed I'm not actually from Austin, Texas, where I live now, originally. Uh, every Englishman, deep down, truly believes he's James Bond. It, it's a fact, people. And I have to say, I think that's particularly true of every Englishman in America, because pretty American girls always say to you, oh, I love the accent, and we all think we're Daniel Craig. So the best analogy I could come up with to give you a sense of how sales and marketing have been changed is to show you a tiny little bit of James Bond, which I'll do, and then I'll talk to you about something else. Always makes me feel a little melancholy. Grand old warship being ignominiously hauled away the scrap. The inevitability of time, don't you think? What do you see? Bloody big ship. Excuse me. Double seven. I'm your new quartermaster. You mustn't joke. Why? Because I'm not wearing a lab coat. Because you still have spots. Your complexion is hardly relevant. Your confidence is. Age is no guarantee of efficiency. And youth is no guarantee of innovation. Or has it I can do more damage on my laptop sitting in my pyjamas before my first cup of Earl Grey than you can do in a year in the field? Oh, so why do you need me? Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. So let's talk about what sales was. Sales was two things. It was finding customers, mainly by getting through that dreaded gatekeeper. I remember 30 years ago when I started in sales, our first job was to go to every industrial center, every industrial estate near our office, get compliment slips, find out who the buyer was. And then, once we got past the gatekeeper, our job was to sell the client a thing. And it was to turn marketing's bucket of information into a funnel where things actually came out the bottom as well. So, sales used to be about opening opportunities, 
and closing opportunities. I would argue, I do argue, I am arguing that the world has changed. That is not sales' job anymore. So let's talk about the biggest disruption ever. For everyone in the IT industry today, cloud is the single biggest disruption in its history. Some organizations will be very successful in cloud and others will not. Some will succeed, some will fail. The idea that you can continue to do the old things and get a different result is the definition of insanity. The status quo of I'll always do I've always done what I've I'll always do what I've always done, I'll always get what I've always had. It's not true. The cloud will replace that business model, is replacing that business model very quickly. So let's look at the things that are changing the market. By the way, this is a thing called an accession event. An accession event is also known as a black swan or an outside context event. And these are events where the success criteria in a market change. Uh, I wrote a book about this last year. You can get it on Google if you, or on Amazon if you like. My grandparents had a business that made wooden wheels. They were very successful. In 1900, they had a very successful wheelwright business in London. By 1930, they lived in abject poverty. And if you said to them in 1900, sell the business, or reinvent yourself as something else, they wouldn't have believed me. After all, people have been making wooden wheels for probably 3,000 years. But cars with steel wheels and rubber tires totally redefined what the wheel was. Cloud is doing the same thing in the IT space. So firstly, most people will tell you that they build their businesses and their lives based on fact. I have to say, uh, current events would suggest that isn't true. They generally base them on emotion and then use facts to back them up. But certainly most people like the idea that facts help you make decisions. But I want to talk about two aspects of facts. The first one is that there's levels of facts. I'm not gonna get into the politics because I haven't got time. That would take forever to do. But let's talk about the six levels of facts that are actually out there in the universe today. There's level one facts, here represented by the pi sign. There is irrefutable, pi is 3.1415 something or other. There is level two facts, which are peer-reviewed, repeatable experiences. There are level three facts, whatever Wikipedia says on the topic. There are level four facts, bloke down the pub said. <laughs> level five facts, which are actually lies. And level six facts, which are Illuminati facts, which are kind of really made up. You know, we didn't go to the moon trials, that sort of thing. But the pro don't worry, we went backwards. Now, all facts do not live in one universe. They live in multiple universes because over time they erode. So let me ask the question, actually it's rather interesting now, I've asked this question a number of times over the years. How many planets, just shout out a number, how many planets in the solar system? Is it? What about planet nine that they just talked about? Planet nine seems to be a big elliptical audience. It changes. 20 years ago, it was definitely nine because we used to have Pluto. Dinosaurs. Did they have feathers or not? 
Some of them did. So Jurassic Park that came out 18 months ago is out of date. And what gives you stomach ulcers? Anyone? Stress? Spicy food? Bacteria now, that's right. It took the medical fraternity 17 years after it had been proven to be true that actually it was a bacteria and you could clear it up with antibiotics. So be aware of that. All the decisions you make will be based, whether they really are or not, on one of those levels of facts and they will be a fact in time. Remember, they change over time. So in the last five years, in the IT industry, six major things have changed. The cloud, the cost, the competition, the clients, the conversations, and the business cycle. Other than that, it's all business as usual. So let's talk about the cloud first, right? The cloud is as big to the IT industry as the electrification of the country was 120 years ago. It fundamentally changes the way that goods and services are delivered. Because of the internet, there is no local business anymore. Your competition could come from anywhere. So could your customers. The geography is, I would argue, at a very large extent, dead. Everything, everything is trending to zero. On that graph there, I've got the cost of a genome, the cost of hard disk storage, and the cost of televisions. But pretty much everything that we have in our lives today is just dropping away in cost all the time. My last employer, our average sales price went from $40,000 a deal to $6,000 a deal in 18 months. And what did our management say? Make the sales team work harder. It doesn't work. The next thing has completely changed. I talked earlier about how we used to look for, for the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers have gone. I can find pretty much anybody, and so can you, on LinkedIn, and you can send them a direct message. Now, whether they respond is perhaps open to some debate, but certainly the gatekeepers have gone. You can't find somebody's secretary anymore. They've all become account managers. So 60% of the sales cycle happens before you're even in the deal, before the, you even know the client exists. That fundamentally changes the sales process. Your clients are changing too. Already, nearly half of your clients buying IT solutions aren't the IT department anymore. So if all, the only language you speak is IT, that's a bit of a worry because your new clients aren't going to speak that language and don't want to hear it either. Oh, and you can't outwork the problem. If anyone turns to you in your business and says, well, we'll just work harder, whip the sales department, right? It's a standard thing to do. We need 10%, make everyone work harder. It doesn't scale. And I thought the best way of explaining how that doesn't scale is to talk about the apocryphal story of the man who invents chess and the emperor. So a man invents the game of chess and he turns round to the emperor and presents it to him and the emperor says, it's a wonderful game. I would like to buy the game from you. How much? And the inventor says, I will take one grain of rice for the first square on the chessboard, two for the second, four for the third, eight for the fourth, 16 for the fifth, 
ad infinitum. So what happened to the emperor? Well, by the time he got to the 17th square, there was a kilogram of rice, about 2.2 pounds of rice on a single square. By the time he got to the 28th square, it was a tonne of rice per square. By the time he got to the 44th square, it was 55,000 tons. It was a Titanic's worth. Suddenly the inventor became the emperor. And what's happening in the world today is the compute power, Moore's law, Metcalfe's law, are meaning that the opportunity simply to do 10% better next year is going away. That's not going to work. You have to be 10x better. Because if you're not, your competition will be. And you can't work harder at what you do today and be 10x better at it. Unless you only work one day a month. And even if you did, in year two, you still run out of time. So, other than cloud changing the market, other than the cost of everything approaching zero, other than the clients being better informed than you, uh, other than not knowing who your, your clients are, everyone in the world potentially being your com competition, and most of your clients don't even speak your language, it's just normal business as usual. Well, it isn't, so let's look about what we can do about that. By the way, I normally don't put any words on my slides, but on the grounds that I hope a few of you would like to take this back to your offices and discuss it internally, I put lots of words on my slides. So if you can't read them all, hopefully you can read them in the notes. So the usual plan is this. The marketing strategy. We acquire new customers, we spam them non-stop, we have a horribly low conversion ratio and, uh, and then we make all the existing customers pay for it. Pretty standard marketing thing to do, that's not going to scale either. Another fact, I should probably put a little sign in the corner of every slide I have with what level fact this is. This is about a level three fact, this is about a Wikipedia fact. Your average salesperson lasts 22 months in a company. Your average sales manager lasts 19. Now, if you're selling products on a five-year cycle, let's say you sell them a telephony solution, for example, just, or, a, or a wireless solution, you probably sell them to it once, and then in five years you ring them back and say, would you like to buy the new one? And it probably doesn't make any difference that you've cycled through three sets of salespeople in that intervening period. But if you're in a cloud world and you're selling to them every month, or even every year, cycling through your sales department does matter. The other thing to consider, and there's lots of information on this, and I'd be happy to talk about this in more detail over dinner or at the bar or you know, whenever, is that the cost of acquisition in the cloud space is higher than the revenue you make from the client for about the first year. So retaining clients becomes incredibly important. And one of the things that many companies do, many resellers do, is they put their toe in the water of cloud, get about six months in, realize we're losing money hand over fist, bail out, they pull back, they go back to selling boxes to people. Well, the trouble is you have to get through that cycle. There's an awful lot of interesting data on the internet about this stuff, and I'd look it up. So in the modern world, 
We live in a world where the scattergun approach of going to approach any client who passed the missed mirror test, who happened to send a card in and talk to you, is going away. The idea that you can say, I sell to companies in the greater Phoenix or San Diego or Austin area is going away. What we need to have now with our clients is deep, not wide relationships. Cloud means that we have to move away from this whole concept of getting rich quickly. I know most of us who've actually run a reseller, and I have in a previous life many years ago, we all like the idea of getting rich quickly, but we soon find out it's get rich possibly slowly. Cloud is a very good way of getting rich long term. You actually have a business that's worth something to someone else without you in it. That's pretty compelling. That's the end of part one, and in part two, we explore the rest of the presentation. We hope you enjoyed it, and I'd love your feedback. Thank you.